Welcome to today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app for both iOS and Android devices by searching for The Church at Bushland. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know by emailing us at media at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give. And good to see each of you this morning. That's some great worship, but we are blessed by a great worship team. So if you like that kind of worship, I invite you to be here Wednesday night, night of praise. Uh, is this Wednesday, 6 o'clock? Uh, we'll go one hour, 6 to 7. It'll be a great time of worship. We'll have communion tables set up as well uh, for you to take communion, but it's a beautiful time. And so uh, I invite you to be here for that. Uh, I want to thank you for joining us online. If you're uh, joining us online, you're welcome Wednesday night as well to come and be a part of night of praise. So uh, good to see each of you this morning. Thank you. Um, so we're in a series called Prune and Bloom, Prune and Bloom. And what we want to happen is that we want God to have an opportunity to prune us so that we might bloom for him. The reason we are what we are as the church, all right, nothing about us is good, but the church, because of faith in Christ Jesus, the church is put on a platform, put in a position, you and me, all right, the corporate church and the little church, put in a position to magnify the Lord. We are to bloom for Jesus, all right? Sometimes when that happens, though, he needs to prune on us and cut on us so that we might, we might bloom better. We might be more of what he wants us to be. So the overall theme of the whole series has been prune and bloom, that he can have the ability or the opportunity to prune us if need be so that we might bloom for him, all right? So last week, I jumped into um, the fruit of the Spirit. Number one, we started talking about the fruits of the Spirit because that's the stuff that he wants to see in our lives. That's the stuff he wants to see bloom in us, all right? That stuff in, in, in verses 20 and 21 that no one wants in us, that's just junk that's at the fruit of the, that's the, uh, that's the fruit of the flesh. The flesh does. We don't even have to try to do it. That junk just comes out of us because we're, we can do that through the flesh. But this is a spirit, all right? This is a fruit of the spirit that we need to bloom the fruit of the spirit in our lives. And so we're gonna look at that today pick up where we left off. So here's a question that we've got to ask, all right? The overarching question we talked about last week, what does the Holy Spirit want to produce in me? Not what does the church want, not does, what does my spouse want, not what does my family want, not the world want, but what does the Holy Spirit want to produce in me? Have you ever asked the question, Holy Spirit, what do you want to produce in me? Because many people don't ask that. They just, I just want to do what I want to do. My life, I'll live it however I want to. You ain't going to tell them what to do. Well, gosh, we're so blessed to have you here. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, that's just, that's ugly, isn't it? I mean, what have you to, God, what do you want to do in me? What, what do you want to produce in me? As, as I do life, what do you want? What do you want, Jesus, to people to see in me? Holy Spirit, what do you want to produce in me? 
That's a beautiful question to ask, and many people don't ask it. They don't ask that. Because we live for ourselves, and that's all we're really concentrating on. And we should not live for ourselves. We should live for others. Because Jesus put the church here to live for others, to be, for, be, with others, be, with, be for others. So I want you to go to your text, John chapter 15. John chapter 15, that's our text for the whole series that we've been doing all fall. John 15. I want to begin in verse 1. I want to read 1 through 5 and verse 8. We've been reading it each week. Kind of sets the table for everything. John 15, verse 1. I am the true vine. This is Jesus. He says, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. Some translations will say, my father is the wine dresser. Okay? He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it might be more fruitful. You are already clean because the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. But apart from me, he or she can do nothing. Look at verse eight. This is why we do it. Verse eight is, this is for my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. That's why, that's why we do what we do. That's the fruit that we produce. We don't produce the fruit for, for people to see us. The fruit is, comes up in our lives and we, our lives bear fruit, why? So other people will see the Father in us, see Jesus in us, and glorify him. He receives the praise. Because listen to me, if you know anything about it, you didn't produce it. He did it through you. So the minute you start pounding your chest thinking you've done something, he's gonna knock you down. Because he didn't do it. It's not you doing it, it's him doing it through you if you will surrender and lay your life down for him. If you lay your life down, he lives his life through you. But as long as you're calling the shots, he can't do squat. And many people treat it that way. And he wants us to bear much fruit. So there are things here. So you got it. Some things in our life need cut. And some things need pruned. There's a big difference. I meet people sometimes, they say, Pastor, I, I think this area of my life needs to be pruned. I said, what makes you think it needs pruned? Well, it's doing this and it's doing that and it's doing this and doing that. I'm like, dude, that's not any fruit. I said, listen, that doesn't need to be pruned. It needs to be cut. Because Jesus said, the stuff that's not producing any fruit in your life, it needs to be cut off. Listen, if that group of people or that place you go or those things that you do continue to produce that in your life, that's not fruit. That's not good stuff. That doesn't need to be pruned so you might make more of that. That needs to be cut off so you're not doing it anymore. See, we want to be, we want to be nice about it. Oh, I just think God wants to prune me because I'm already great, but I just want to prune me. You're not that great, okay? We're not that great. I'm not that great. I'm a pastor. I'm not that great. I need God to prune on me. I need God to cut some stuff in my life too. Why? Because there's some stuff in my life that isn't producing fruit. 
There's some stuff in my life that I think is producing fruit, but, but he says, I need to prune it a little bit, Jeff, so it can be more fruitful. So listen, if you say, what does the Holy Spirit want to produce in me? Then God's able to, able to illuminate and highlight some areas of your life. Some things just need flat cut. They just do. We, we've hugged them for a long time. We walked with them a long time. They've been a part of our life for a long time. And, and listen to me, they're, they're not bad. They just make you bad. You just can't handle them. And they need cut. They don't need to be pruned. And that's what we're looking at, that we can have stuff in our tree, in our lives, that bring honor and glory to God. Some stuff just doesn't. It needs cut. And some stuff does, but it might need pruned all right, in some areas so that it can be more fruitful, okay? More fruitful. So I want you to go over to Galatians. Galatians is where we see the fruit. We talked about 20 and 21. 20 and 21 is the ugly stuff, the junk, all right, that the flesh produces. If the flesh is able to call the shots, this is what comes out naturally. We don't even have to really try, all right? I mean, we don't try to be selfish. It just naturally happens, all right? These are some junks of the flesh. We don't want to do the junks of the flesh. We want the Spirit. So Galatians 5, 22, 23, fruits of the Spirit. Let me read them to you. The fruits of the Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. These are the fruits of the spirits that, that God wants to see come up in us and grow out of us, okay? I said last week, if there is no seed, there is no fruit. I want you to understand that. If there is no seed, there is no fruit. Listen to me. Each one of us at a time in our life, if we have given our lives to Jesus Christ, if we prayed to receive Jesus and made him our Savior and Lord, these children that you saw earlier, they've already prayed a prayer and received Jesus as their Savior. They just follow the Lord in baptism, believer's baptism, all right? So in, when, when they prayed that prayer and gave their hearts and lives to Jesus, Jesus put in them a seed. He put a God seed in them, all right? He planted it in their lives, all right? And he waters it so that it might what? Produce fruit. It might grow. If you don't have a seed in you, fruit can't grow from you. You can try to make fruit. You can put on, you, you can do the best you can. You, can. you can get around people that are producing fruit and think it rubs off on you. You can strain real hard. You can, you can push real hard, but fruit won't come. Now, other stuff can come hard if you push too hard, but, but that stuff shouldn't come, all right? Don't be doing that, all right? But, but listen, you can't strain and produce fruit. An apple tree, you don't walk through an orchard of apples and hear a bunch of groaning and moaning where apples trying to push them way out. It doesn't happen. It just naturally happens that they, they become an apple. And so when Jesus puts the seed in you, all right, it just naturally will produce fruit, all right, if a couple of things are right. So let me show those. Because I had some guys come up to me over the last couple of weeks and say, Pastor, I get the thing, I get the cut, I get the prune, I get I'm supposed to bear fruit, but what am I supposed to do on a daily basis? Daily, if I'm just Monday through Friday, Monday through Saturday, I'm just doing life, what do I need to do in my own personal life? What is my responsibility as a child of God once I get saved? Well, your responsibility is to take care of your soil. See, we're all responsible of our soil. Good soil will produce good crop. Bad soil won't. 
In Matthew 13, Jesus gives an example of that as someone sowing seed. And he says, I threw some of it on a path. And, and, and it hit a hard ground. And it never came up. And the birds ate it. What, what happens? How that, how that get hard? It gets hard. It gets, it's, like, it's like asphalt. There's nothing to it. Sometimes in our lives, if our soil is hard, all right, the word of God can't penetrate. The seed can't grow roots. We won't grow. What can make you hard? Unforgiveness will make you hard. Bitterness will make you hard. Holding a grudge will make you hard. Right? It'll make you calloused. The word of God to hit. You can be in the word and it won't even penetrate you, man, because you're so hard. You're just hard. You're holding on the junk. And it's made your soil hard. So your seed has no chance. It won't even grow. It won't grow at all. It can hit rocky soil. Rocks don't grow stuff, man. I mean, before I lay sod in my yard, I'm always walking around, tilling it up and raking it out. I'm throwing every rock out of it. You say, why are you throwing all your rocks away? Because I can't grow a rock. You grow rocks? I can't grow rocks. I water, water, water. I can't grow rocks. Can't do it. I got to give the soil a chance to grow everything it can. All right? Is your, is your soil rocky? It says it also lands on lands on soil and thorns grow up around it and choke it out. You know what chokes out the word? You know what chokes out your seed? What chokes out growth in your life? You know what thorns are that choke it out? It can be busyness. It can, it can choke it out. All that stuff you're doing, man, you think you're doing it, but you're doing so much stuff, man. Your, your schedule's so out of whack. You're chasing your tail. You won't even know what you do with it when you catch it. I mean, you're just chasing everything. And busyness and all that stuff will keep you so busy, the word of God can't even grow roots in your life and grow anything. Some of our schedules are out of balance, man. They need to be pruned. God needs to shave some stuff off because our schedule's too busy and our word of God's getting choked out. And then some of it lands on good soil. Lands on good soil. Man, out here, we have... Beautiful fescue lawn. Some of you have Bermuda. You can have a beautiful fescue yard. I mean, you can, you can have a great well and you can have great pressure tank. I mean, you can have great coverage on your sprinkler system. It can just be water in that fescue like crazy. And you come home every day from work going, what the heck? Look at all them hot spots. My gosh. I run my, I run my, my sprinkler running like, I mean, it run like a dog, man. It run 10 hours, 11 hours, 12 hours. What is with my hot spots, man? And you lay in bed one night and you hear this thunderstorm roll off the northwest. And man, it'll rain a half, three quarters of an inch. And I guarantee you, man, you get up the next morning and them hot spots are gone. That yard grows five inches while you slept, man. And you're like, what the heck? That's not even fair. I bust my tail on the ground. And God rains one time and that grass goes crazy. You know why? Because your water's no good, but his water's real good. His water real good. When he waters your soil, baby, you grow. But what do you have to do? If you persist the seed of salvation in you, if you've been born again, you're a child of God, he lives inside of you. You know he lives inside of you. What do you gotta do? You gotta get in the word. The word will feed that seed, man. It'll feed that soil. It'll make it soil good. You gotta get in worship. You gotta get in prayer. What do you do? What is this, what we talked about last week? What is this house right here? Yeah, it's a worship center. It's a house of prayer. It's a house of worship. But what it is to God, it's a greenhouse. Amen? Welcome to God's greenhouse. It's not called Pete's greenhouse. All right, that's free commercial. All right, but thank me later. Give me a plant. All right, but here's the deal. 
I like plants, all right? <laughs> Packs if I get one, I'll tell you. All right, so, so here's the deal. It's a greenhouse, man. You come in here regularly. Every chance you get, you walk in. The seed's in you. This is good soil right here. And God rains down his word. He rains down worship. He rains down his presence. He rains down his Holy Spirit. And guess what that seed does inside of you? It just starts growing, boy, growing. Many of you said to me, Pastor, ooh, man, I'm so good when I'm in the house of the Lord, but when I go weeks without being in the house, I'm not good. <laughs> None of us are, brother. None of us. You can't replace this right here. I'm sorry. I love online, and I love you who are watching online. But a couch and PJs is cool, but a house of worship, house of prayer, being in here with you guys, it's the best, man. It's the best because I can watch you even when I don't wanna worship, when I don't have a song. I look at you and you got a song. And because you got a song, I find the song. Amen, and I start singing. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Sometimes redeemed don't. It's hard for redeemed sometimes because you get stuck in the junk, man. You get stuck in this old world, man. It beats you down, but you look over and you say, man, look at them worshiping. Look at that marriage right there that's been redeemed. God, they're giving it up for you. I'm gonna find it. It's in me. It's in me. It's in me. And it comes up. Why? I can't get that on my couch and my PJs. I can't see you, but I can get that in the house of the Lord. The greenhouse, man, I grow your seed. Never, ever, ever neglect meeting together. Come to the house as often as you can. You will be out of town. You will be on vacation and you will get sick and have surgery. And that's what online will take care of. But otherwise, don't go to First Baptist. All right? Don't go to Bedside Baptist. Don't go to First Mattress. You come right here. Amen. You come right here. All right. You get to the house. You get to the greenhouse and let that seed grow, baby. Let that seed grow in you. It is your responsibility. I can't control anything else, but I can control my soil. My job is my soil. I've got to put myself in a position, all right? I've got to put myself in a position so that my soil is nurtured. And when I'm, my soil is in a good spot, when I'm, my soil is getting nurtured, guess what? My seed grows. And out of that seed growing, guess what happens in my life? Fruit begins to produce itself. Why? Because that's what happens naturally. And nobody waters your seed like the one who gave you the seed. He, the creator, put the seed in you. Trust him, the creator, to grow your seed. Amen. And the best place you can be is in the presence of the Lord. So last week, we looked at three things, three of the fruits. We're gonna finish them today. Last week, we looked at love. You can love like God loves, the agape love, if you have Jesus, the seed in you. You can't love them if it's not in you. It's difficult, all right? But you can love the unlovable. You can love people that don't look like you, act like you, smell like you, eat like you, chew like you, dress like you, if the love of Jesus is in you. It'll take a lot. You'll have to die to self, but he can love them through you. You can do that if the seed's in you. If the seed's not in you, fruit can't come, all right? Joy, you can't have joy. Happiness comes from happenings. The world can make you happy. Six Flags will make you happy. The Cowboys will make you happy every once in a while, and then last week they didn't. So here's what happens. It's just, it's, it's just, a, it's just a random thing. Happiness is random. Joy is every single day. It's every second. And joy comes from the Lord. He can be the joy of your strength if the seed's inside of you. The other thing was peace. This world can't give peace. This world can't give peace, man. 
Please don't look for this world to give you peace. But you can have a peace in a crazy world because the peace of Jesus, the sea, lives inside of you. Listen to me. The world needs to see people, men and women, the church, at peace. When you walk through this world, man, nobody's at peace. They're hopelessness, they're beat down. You're gonna pay about seven bucks for a gallon of gas pretty soon. I mean, it's just it's whooping, man. I'm sorry, I'm not speaking that on us, but I'm just saying it's crazy right now. And I'm just saying this, is, this, this world right now is, is, is just making it really hard to have peace. But see, I don't have to let the world determine my peace because my peace is determined by the seed that's inside of me of salvation. Jesus is my peace. Jesus lives inside of me. So the world from the outside can't give me peace, but I can walk in a crazy world and be peace. That's how it happens because peace doesn't come from the outside in. It comes from the inside out, my friend. So people say, why don't you pick up your groceries at Walmart and just let them bring them out to you, preacher? Uh-uh, you ain't never gonna see me do that. You're not. And, and if you do it, that's great. That's not my personality. See, my personality is I'm going in that store. I know they're crazy. I know that. And I know crazy attracts crazy, all right? And I'm going in there. Why? Because my light is no good in my truck. Just not. Convenience is nice, but I got to get my white tail out there in that world and be the light for Jesus. There's somebody that needs hope. There's somebody that needs to see my fruit. And somebody is gonna recognize some fruit on my life and say, hey, how do you have peace? This world crazy, dude. Why are you walking around in peace? You just humming? What's wrong with you? Nobody hums at Walmart. I'm humming. That's how I get through Walmart, dude. I'm humming scripture, humming praise and worship. That's how I get through you, right? They need to see that. And you can do that, man. Do that. Give your fruit a chance to shine for him. Give your fruit a chance. And you can have peace in a crazy world because peace comes from inside, all right? We got a row. We got six to get through. Don't worry. We're going to get there, all right? Six more fruits, all right? First one up, I'm sorry, patience. Y'all are like, oh, man, I thought you were going to skip it. I can't skip it. Patience is a fruit of the Spirit. Another word, patience is waiting without grumbling. And that's a biblical definition of patience. Many people say, well, I can be patient, but let me ask you something. Are you being patient without grumbling? Uh, yeah, that did that in. I was patient. I grumbled the whole time. Patience is waiting without grumbling. Some translations will call the word long-suffering. Long-suffering means long-tempered or patient. Listen to me. There's nothing attractive about saying, hey, I need something. I need long-suffering. No one goes, wow, I, boy, can I have a plate of long-suffering? That just looks great, all right? Some of us are like, God is taking so long. What is he doing up there? What? Come on. Long suffering. So you see the word long, we don't want to sign up for that. You see the word suffering, like, oh yeah, give me some of that. No, nobody wants to be long, take a long time. Nobody wants suffering. But listen to me. Jesus said, listen to me. You need to long suffer for me. You need to learn to be patient and trust me. Listen to me. Some of you are like, Pastor, I've tried that before. I prayed for patience. Oh, Lord, help, did I get tested? I don't want to pray that again. I don't want to even ask that again. Yes, you can. You can ask that because you can bear patience because of seed in you. You say, God, teach me, help me by the Spirit of God to be more patient. You can do that because why? You know the giver of the test. The test is given by God. God put a seed in you. 
The seed can come up through you. That seed produces patience. You can do well on a patience test if you know where the seed came from. The seed is from God. God, help me be patient. That's a whole different way to take a test. If God's gonna give the test and he's the, he's the giver of patience, he's the seed that get, put it in you, then you're gonna do good on a test of patience if you, if you rely on the God who gives the test who is patience. As long as you say, well, I'll try to be patient. Well, you failed right there. You know why? Because you started with I. In the middle letter of sin is I. And you're not gonna do it if you're self-reliant. You say, God, I need you to help me be patient. When you say that, you take out all of your authority and you bring in his authority and he's never failed at patience and you won't either. Some of us are battling the wrong way. We think it's about us. It's not about us. If you will die, he will live through you. As long as you're alive, he can live. Simple as that. You wanna be patient? You wanna be patient at home, patient with your kids, patient with your wife, patient with your uh, husband? Then, then you die to self and let him be patient through you. You can do that. I met, I know people that have grown in the area of patience, so I know it can happen, all right? Secondly is this, a number five in that fruit is gentleness and kindness. Gentleness and kindness. Boy, those are two great words, love that. All right, the quality of being kind, the tender, mild manner. Kindness is the quality of being friendly and generous and considerate. I said in the first service, many of you know Brandy Taylor. Brandy Taylor is walking gentleness and kindness. The girl's like dripping honey. I'm like, oh my gosh. I mean, when I'm around Brandy, I'm like, God, I'm, I'm doing so well with gentleness and kindness. Man, I just thank you for the growth in my life. And this is good. And I, and I come in contact with Brandy. She's like, she'll bring me something over my birthday or something. And she leaves and I'm like, oh Lord, help. I have God, I'm not growing at all. I, this is terrible. I, I mean, I thought I was making a 91, I'm making an 11. I'm like, gosh, this is terrible. I mean, when she leaves, I'm like, oh my gosh, God, I have so far to go. Thank goodness you're on my team. I mean, she's so gentle, so kind, so sweet. I always wonder, man, what's it like to be spanked by Brandy? That probably won't hurt at all. It's like, I love you, I love you. I'm like, spank, just keep spanking, all right? I mean, she's so sweet, man. I'm sure she could get after the kids, but I'm just saying she's so sweet and tender. You can do that, you can do that because the seed's in you. Brandy does that because she sits in the word and in worship and prayer. She walks intimately with the Lord. And that seed that's inside of her, Jesus just produces that goodness and kindness and gentleness through her. It's a beautiful thing. Philippians 2, 4 says this, we should not look on our own interest, but also to the interest of others. Boy, is that hard today? I mean, is that going on today? <laughs> oh, that's what we're doing in our world right now, Jeff. No, it's not. We live in a very selfish world right now. Everybody's looking out for themselves. How about the church walk out in front of them, the seed that produces gentleness and kindness, and it'll get their attention. We're not getting their attention to get our attention. We're getting their attention for them to see our gentleness and kindness so they give homage and praise back to the Father because it's because of him that we bear the kind of fruit. 1 Corinthians 9, 22, this is Paul. Paul said, if I need to be weak, I can be weak. If I need to be hungry, I'll be hungry. If I need to be poor, I'll be poor. I can be whatever I need to be in order for someone to come to Christ, for someone to get the gospel. I can be all things, all people if I need to. Listen to me. 
what he's saying is, it doesn't, it doesn't matter if it's my natural personality. It doesn't matter if it's who I am. It doesn't matter if, if, if gentleness and kindness is not something that just runs rampant in your family. You can be gentle, you can be kind, you can be that to someone because you know ultimately, if they see your gentleness and kindness, then they'll recognize Jesus because Jesus gave you the gentleness and kindness and that can turn their eyes back to the Father and they not only see the gentleness and kindness in you, but they may also see Jesus and get saved. That's what Paul said. Paul said, man, I'm gonna tell you right now, I can do that. It's not natural for me. I'll do that. I'll be that for them, but it's not what I wanna do, God, but I've died a self and I'll do it for the sake of the gospel. I'll do it because it'll magnify you. So we can be gentle. We can be kind. The other one is goodness. Goodness. We know that none of us have anything good. There's nothing good in that scripture says all of our goodness is like filthy rags. Goodness simply means a sense of being good to someone. A person who is generous, big-hearted, liberal, and charitable with their finances. We see this person today and we call them a giver. You say, well, whoa, man. Woo, preacher, thank you. I'm off the hook. I ain't got no money. I, I can't be good. I got no money. Oh, you can be good. See, we sing about the goodness of the Lord. We sing about God, you're so good. You're so good. You're so good. Listen to me. He is. He is. And he's not good because we say he's good. He's just good, and we should say that. But you know what? Because he's good, we can be good. See, this world right now, mm, we need to see somebody just being good. Just, just be good today. I mean, just let, just let the goodness of the Lord come out of you. God's been good to you. Just be good to people. And they'll look at you like, dude, what's wrong with you? Nothing wrong with me, man. God's been good to me. I'm just gonna be good to you. You may not be able to give or do or you know, bless someone like some people can because of finances or whatever, but every one of us, every one of us, man, can be good. We can be good, man. You ever just meet someone, you go, man, that's just a good dude right there. What are you really saying? That he's really good? No, what you're saying is, He's just a good dude. He just does good stuff, man. And when you see good dudes, you just go, man, he must be good for some reason. He is. The reason he's such a good dude is because he has such a good God. Let that be said of us because you can be good, man, because the seed's in you. You can be that person. Number four is this, faithfulness. Isn't that a wonderful word? Faithfulness. A person who is faithful a person who is reliable, loyal, and steadfast, a person who is devoted, who's trustworthy, who's dependable, who's dedicated, who's consistent, who's unwavering, just a faithful, faithful person. This is contrary to the flesh. The flesh, on the other hand, will seek to be lazy. It'll seek to be uncommitted. It will seek to be undependable. It will seek to be completely unreliable. That's just junk the flesh will produce. But God said, I put in you the seed of faithfulness so that you can be faithful. Isn't it beautiful to see people that are just faithful, faithful people? They give you the word, man, that's all they need. I mean, you and I, you've been to closings lately. I mean, you have to get therapy for your hand after closings. I mean, you write your name so much. There was a day in this country 
well, you could stick your hand across a barbed wire fence and shake a brother on this barbed wire fence on the other side, and that, that'd be done. That'd be done. Doesn't matter the weather, the condition, or when. If that, if that guy or that woman said they'd be there and do it, they'd do it. I miss that. When you give your word to somebody, man, you do it. Jesus said, yeah, that cross, hmm, it ain't gonna be fun. But you know what? I love them. I love them and they're worth it, and I'm going. I'll do it. If he's faithful, you be faithful. Let the quality of your life, because the seed he put in you at salvation, be one of faithfulness. Let it be said of you. That dude's a faithful dude right there. That's a faithful lady right there. That's a great gift. Models Jesus. Number five, just two left. Meekness, meekness. The word meekness is a picture of a strong-willed person who has learned to submit his or her will to a higher authority. He or she isn't weak. They are controlled. Listen to me. There, there, there are some big hombres in this church, and you better be thankful to Jesus they are meek because they could really wreak some serious havoc if they were not meek, all right? There's some big old boys that are really meek. Meek is being a big person or a strong person, but you have a very meek spirit about you. Meekness is not weakness, it's strength. You gotta understand that. Meekness, when you're meek, you're not being weak, you're being strong because it is harder to hold back than to lose it. Anybody can lose their temper and act a fool but a person who wants to lose their temper and act a fool who's meek and says, I'm not gonna do that. That takes more strength, my friend. It takes more strength. You see this in John chapter eight. These religious leaders, the people of the law, catch this woman caught in adultery and they drag her to Jesus. And they say, Jesus, this woman's caught in the act of adultery. And the law says, we ought to stone her. Oh, Really? Mm, That's what he says, all right? So I'll tell you what, he turns around, starts writing on the ground. Then he stands up and looks back at him and says, I'll tell you what, any of you who without sin, you can throw the first stone. The first mic, mic drop in scripture, first mic drop ever, all right, happened in John chapter eight. They just drop and go, man. And Jesus turns to her and says, where are those who condemn you? And she said, there aren't any. And he said, then neither do I. Go and leave your life of sin. See, that's meekness, man. See, he could have done some things in them, boys. He could have. He didn't like, that's what religion will do to people. It's mean, it's ugly, choke them out. And when it's met like that, it makes Jesus mad because Jesus is not about religion, he's about relationship. And so they brought that to him and he could have done something to him. He could have hurt him. He could have cleaned out another temple, all right? But he didn't. He met them with meekness. He was strong, and he withheld what he probably wanted to do, and he gave them love, and he was meek to them. Are you a man or woman that's meek? Oh, I know you're strong, and you can bench press a Buick, but, but are you meek because of the Spirit of God that lives inside of you? Can you restrain yourself? Can you hold back? Can you, can, you, can you be a man of person, a person of reserve when you could just fly off the handle? That takes a lot of control, and that takes the Holy Spirit controlling you. That's the seed growth. 
inside of you. Last is this, self-control. Self-control or temperance. Self-control or temperance. Temperance is this, a person of restraint, moderation, discipline, balance, temperance, or self-control. If the flesh is allowed to have its way, it will be, it will overworry, it will overwork, it will overeat, it will overindulge, it will literally run itself to death. The flesh will always overreact and it will always overreact emotionally. It will always do that. Listen to me. If you are in self-control, you have to trust your self. Jesus said, oh, there's the problem. See, a lot of people say, well, man, I just need more self-control. I, I, I want to I tell you something. I don't believe that's true. I believe this is, a, this is a situation where you got self-control versus spirit control. And what Jesus in the Word says is, you don't need to be self-controlled, you need to be spirit-controlled. Because you need to understand that you are liable, you are able, you're probably gonna do it because you're a man, you're a woman, you're flesh, but the spirit won't do it. So don't trust yourself, trust the spirit. Listen to some scripture, Galatians 5.18. But if you or I are led by the spirit, Ephesians 5.18, be filled with the spirit. Galatians 5.22, let us keep in step with the spirit. Galatians 2.20 says this, but we have been crucified with Christ. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live but Christ lives in me. In the life I live, I live by faith in the Son of God who gave himself for me. Listen to me. That's what you have to do. You have to be a man or woman who understands, you know what? I'm not trusting self-control. I don't trust myself, but I wanna be a man or woman of spirit control. The spirit of God living inside of me, leading me, directing me, filled with me. Right? so that I don't do what self wants, I do what the spirit wants. We have to be spirit-controlled, not self-controlled. It's like Paul wrote all of Galatians 5, and he gets all the way through, you know, the 20 and 21, we don't like them. We like 22 and 23, we read the fruits, and he ends with self-control. And it's like he was testing us. It's like, you seriously don't think, do you? that you can do all of this with self-control. You're gonna have to understand, you won't do any of it unless you're spirit-controlled. You can't, unless you're filled with the Spirit of God. When I was in student ministry, 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, you're not, you, no one will be tempted beyond what they can handle, but beyond what, what is common to man. But God is faithful and just to provide a way out so when you're tempted, he will make a way out. I used to tell students all the time, listen to me, don't rely on yourself when pressure's on because you're gonna fail because things who hover crash, everything. You hover, you crash. If you think that your self-control can kick in, it will not do it. I mean, you will not be able to survive. You will crash and burn. You will mess up. Why? Because you're self-controlled. In the middle letter of sin is I. If I am in control, I am going to fail. God has provided a way out. I need to get the fat out. 
if I don't get the fat out, I'm gonna crash. Because if I hover and go, well, you know, I'm a good person, God. I think I can handle this. Boom, be done. Because the enemy just trying to take you out at any chance. And if he can get you to rely on self, hmm, he's got you. Listen, every single day, you gotta get yourself in the greenhouse. Uh, the greenhouse of the word, the greenhouse of worship, the greenhouse of prayer. And when you get a chance on a Sunday or a Wednesday or whatever, you get into this big house right here. Why? Because you need to be in this house right here because the presence of the Lord is in this house and the word of God in worship because the greenhouse will feed you. That seed that's inside of you will grow you, all right? You've got to understand if you've got the seed in you, the seed can produce the fruit in you. You say, well, Jeff, I can't do, I can't do all these lives. I can't do those words. Yes, you can. If you will die to self and rely on the seed that's in you, take care of the soil, he'll produce the growth. He'll produce it. And you will grow more than you've ever thought, imagined, all right? He'll grow you, all right? But the question has got to be answered is, is there a seed? You got to know your seed, all right? I'm going to ask you to stand, church. You've listened well. And before my voice just exits, we're out of here, all right? As you're standing, I want to ask you a simple question. Is there a seed in you? He said, well, you got no business asking me such a direct question. Yes, I do. If Jesus was in front of you, he's asking that too. Is the seed in you. Don't try to produce fruit that you're unable to produce. You got to ask the question, is there a seed in me? Has there been a time in my life that I've been born again, saved, that the Spirit of God lives inside of me, that the seed that Jesus gave is inside of me? If the seed is in you, fruit could come from you. So the question is, is there a seed in you? If not, this morning, you don't leave here without getting a seed. You get born again, get saved. If the seed's in you, you got to say, Jeff, I'm not doing as well on this list. Why not? Well, I think part of it is my soil. Not part of it, all of it. <laughs> it's all about soil. You got to give your seed the right soil to produce the fruit of the Spirit. So today, if you need a seed, come get a seed. And if you need some work on soil, come to the altar, come to one of these, let's pray for you. But it's all about the soil to produce the growth. We bear fruit, why? Mm, because the seed that's in us, that he waters, we bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing for his glory. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you for your word today. Thank you for just bringing us into the greenhouse and you have spoken a word. You put a word on us. And God, I pray that we say yes to that word today. Give that seed a chance to grow today. And so by the Holy Spirit of God, may we obey one thing right now, and that's the Holy Spirit. Whatever you said, God, I pray we do. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship. If you need to come for any reason, you come. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the church at Bushland. We exist to help people know God find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on Facebook and Instagram, by using the Church at Bushland, and on Twitter by using at TCA Bushland. 